Hey there, welcome to the success story episode of the Podcast Manager Show. If this is your first episode or your first success story episode, I wanna tell you what to expect. So we're gonna talk to Kim Barbieri about her journey from being a teacher, looking for a nine to five and stumbling across freelancing and then niching down into podcast management and how she has gone from one client to eight clients and beyond in the last two years. Kim was so honest about the fears and the hesitations and the highs and the lows of growing this business. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. All right, let's go chat with Kim. Hey there, I'm Lauren, and you're listening to The Podcast Manager Show, a podcast for podcast managers. Each week, we cover the technical and tactical aspects of running a profitable podcast manager business. With over 90,000 new shows starting each month, podcast managers are in demand. I mean, in demand. And I'm here to help you land your dream clients while reaching your monthly income goals without working like crazy. Are you ready? Let's get to today's episode. Kim, it is so great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, we were talking about before we hit record that this kind of has felt like a long time coming because now, you know, you went, you were in PMP, now you're in PMP Pro, and I'm excited. We have a good amount of ground to cover as far as your podcast management business. So before we jump into all of that, can you tell us first, what got you started as a freelancer? How did you get into this world? Okay, so I will try to make this as short as possible because I end up making it a long story. (laughs) I was a teacher before being an online business owner and I was looking for something outside of teaching. I knew teaching wasn't for me. So I was actually looking for a nine to five while subbing. And during that time, I saw an ad on Facebook and it was one of the ads that didn't look like a scam. And I followed it for a while before actually joining the program. It was called the Free Mama. And it was basically how to start your virtual assistant business. So COVID happened. I wasn't subbing. The whole nine to five job search stopped. And I ended up taking that course in September of 2020. And that's kind of how the whole freelancing side of my life began. Mm, Awesome. Yeah, I think we can, a lot of us can relate to that. We took one of those courses, maybe found it through a Facebook ad and (laughs) had that hesitation of, okay, is this real? You know, how much of this? Had you ever done anything else side hustle wise before that? No, teaching was the only thing that I knew. And my fear was, well, I only know teaching. What if I'm not good at anything else? So I was very nervous, but I also knew that I didn't want to do the nine to five because my oldest was going to be starting school soon at that point. And I didn't want to have to do before or after care for her. I just wanted to be able to walk her to school and pick her up from school when the bell rang. That was the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, that's what is attractive about being a teacher in the first place is like, oh, this is this can work when and if I have kids, this will be a great situation. But then I just from talking to so many people, I don't have a teaching background, but it's like, oh, it's not that it's not what it I envisioned it would be. 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I say all the time, it was never the kids. I loved my kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just wasn't the right path. And I needed to find something different. Yeah. Yeah. So then once you took that course and were, you know, starting off as a freelancer, what got you interested or how did you first hear about podcast management? So actually, I started off as just a general VA. And then I was like, you know, I guess I can try social media management. And when I was doing that, I had a client who has her own podcast management business. And she wanted me to support her with mainly the social media graphics for her clients. And I was doing that, ended up doing like a little bit of show notes writing on top of it. And I was really enjoying the aspect of just a little bit of behind the scenes of the podcast management stuff. And it definitely piqued my interest. So I started to research podcast management, found your program, ended up taking it. And that was probably the best investment that I've made in my business was doing the podcast manager program for sure. Love that. So then what month was that that you are around about? I think that was around April of 2021. So I didn't do, I officially... I guess, launched or shared that I would launch my business in January of 2021. So I didn't do social media management for a long time. I didn't like it at all. And I wanted to find something else. And podcast management seemed to be something that I thought that I would enjoy, even though I know I reached out to one point and was like, well, I don't even listen to podcasts. (laughs) Can I do this? But it definitely has been incredible. And I would never change how that went because I absolutely love it. Yeah. Now, I, I love that you just said like you didn't even listen to podcasts. So, you know, do you listen to podcasts in your free time? Like looking back on that, you're, are you like, how did I not listen to them? Or how do you feel about it now? Yeah, I I do listen to podcasts in my free time, especially when I'm working out or cooking dinner or folding laundry. Whenever I have a moment where I just have time for myself. Mm. I find myself listening to a podcast. I I used to listen to music when I did all this stuff, but now I'm like, I just want to listen to a podcast. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know I went through a phase where it was like I had really young kids and I was working a lot as a podcast manager. And so I I flipped the other way where it was like, no, I need silence. Whenever I'm doing anything, silence. But now I have flipped back to, okay, yeah, I'm definitely listening to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I get needing that silence though too. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so like just being in your room, folding laundry in silence is is self-care at a Absolute. certain point in life. <laughs> Absolutely. But a lot of people listening can relate to, okay, freelancer, virtual assistant, maybe social media is the thing. But I think one of the very attractive things about social media is that you look around and everybody needs it. So you're like, okay, surely I can land a client because, you know, brick and mortars and, you know, everybody, every type of coach, like everybody needs social media help. And a lot of people don't like it. So how would you, since you had a little taste of that, and when you get started as a freelancer, it's like every month feels like a year. So even if you do a service for two months, it feels like it was forever. Um, But how would you kind of relate social media management with podcast management? Like, do you see crossover in what did podcast management do for you that I guess social media management didn't? Well, I think the thing for me is the biggest, one of the biggest things about social media management is the fact that I would have to write captions. And I'm going to be honest, writing is not my strong suit. It's probably one of my biggest struggles 
when it comes to podcast management, even though my clients seem to like my show notes, I think I just always second guess my writing. And I just didn't feel like I was able to capture people's voices the way that other people could as a social media manager. And honestly, the only reason why I thought social media management was, well, I have a little bit of experience just using social media. I can learn and take courses and grow. But I realized quickly that it just wasn't for me. And the thing that I like about podcast management is I I love that I kind of have the same schedule every week. I know what's going out each week. I know which clients I'm doing, working for each day. And the other thing too, is that I feel like I've learned so much from the podcast that I work on. And that for me is so enjoyable because I'm working on podcasts that I feel align with me. I'm the ideal listener for many of those, not all of them, but I've learned a lot and it's really, really fun. And just kind of having that schedule of knowing exactly what I'm doing each week is is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, with social media management, you know, you're like you said, you're having to write in their voice and at times come up with your own content that's inspired by what else the client is doing, essentially, versus with podcast, you're summarizing the episode that you've already listened to. So you're not coming up with original ideas or you know, repurposing from different things. It's like, no, you're, you have this one long piece of content that you are, you know, making more consumable essentially with the show notes and graphics, whatever. So I can imagine even for someone who, who's like, yeah, I just, maybe they don't even think they're that creative. It's like, you know, what we do is creative, Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily like original creativity. Yeah. And I know for me, when it comes to writing and trying to come up with something completely new, I know I'm not creative in that aspect. So at least with the show notes, like you said, there is something I'm listening to that I can write a summary about. And I think that has really helped because it's easier for me to turn it into their voice by what I'm listening to right? and summarizing rather than just coming up with something completely new. Yeah. You know, if you're questioning like, oh man, is this in their voice? You can just go listen to how they said it. (laughs) You can listen to the first couple of seconds of the show or the last couple of seconds of the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one that's one thing that I'll do is if I'm like, man, I I'm having a hard time kind of summarizing this in a sentence. I'll go listen to how they ended it or how they started it, the episode that is, because then it's like, okay, that's how they they summarized it. And so I can make it maybe sound a little bit more eloquent, but for the most part, the words are there. Yeah, that's actually what I do a lot too, is if I'm struggling on what to say and how to word it, I'll go back and I'll listen or, you know, look through the transcript and see how they said it so that I can, you know, kind of fit it into the show notes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, do you, you use AI for any of this since we're talking about writing? I have for a few. I've, I've put it into AI, but for me, it's more to give me kind of like a starting point and kind of give me an idea of what I can do. Because I, I think for me, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't really know how to start this off with a very strong sentence or question. And so I take that and I'm like, well, can you give me some ideas of some compelling questions or a strong sentence starter to start this off with? And then I'm able to go from there. So, yeah. you know, I definitely don't use it to just take it and copy and paste. But it it obviously, it gives me a good starting point for writing the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
totally just with the starting of it. Because what, like we said, you've already listened to the show. So you do have, you know, a lot of that already kind of ready to go in your head, maybe. But it's like, ugh, how do I, how do I just get something on paper or, you know, digital paper to get it going? So yeah, I can totally see. But it's funny how we're like, I don't use AI that much. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't want to say I use AI, right. but but I mean, it, it is helpful in some ways just to totally. get me started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes too, just seeing what the, what AI pops out, you're like, well, that's not that great, but thank you for the idea. Because now I can make it, I can put it in their voice. I can change it. So yeah, just like for the rawness of whatever they give you, you can you can translate into what you need. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now we talked a little bit about like hesitations you had about becoming a freelancer. Do you have any specific hesitations about niching down into podcast management? Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things, and I think this is a common concern for a lot of people, is, is that I think when people think when you niche down into something, it's going to give you less chances to find clients. And I was worried about that when I went into podcast management. I was like, I'm going to invest in this program and I'm not going to get anybody. And then I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to have to go to a nine to five. (laughs) And it actually did the opposite. I think people, now that I niche down into, since I've niched down into podcast management, and especially because I've done this, you know, for a while now, and I've gotten testimonials, people look at me as an expert in this particular field, rather than just a jack of all trades and you know, somebody who does everything, they see me as somebody who is a podcast manager. And that's exactly what I do for them. And so when they think of podcast management, they're like, Kim is a podcast manager. She's someone I can at least look into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that like ID, the identification of like, they know exactly what you do. I th- it's, it's so powerful because it makes it so easy, so much easier for freelancers to other freelancing friends to refer you or your clients to refer you, which is a yeah. great segue because you we you and I have talked recently about landing clients through referrals. So how has that shown up in your business? It has been absolutely mind-blowing to me. <laughs> I So one of my clients that I had, so she was a referral from a friend of mine who I didn't work with, but I was still newer in podcast management and she followed her and she gave her my information and we ended up working together. We still work together. And from there, she referred me to somebody who's going to start a podcast. And then that person referred me to somebody. I feel like at least five of my clients know each other personally and which has been really, really cool. Yeah. So it's a very, it's a pretty tight knit group of people and they all pretty much know each other. And once they've decided that they wanted to start a podcast or they were looking for somebody to help them with their podcast, it it was just kind of like this domino effect. Mm -hmm. And I was, Mm -hmm. I was completely shocked. I was never expecting that at all, but I'm so fortunate because they're all incredible and I feel really lucky to be able to work with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those referral leads, you know, they, they're so much more ready. They're ready to work with you because they have, like you said, once they've decided they, they want to start a podcast, it's just like, okay, yes, Kim, because they, they have that social proof from their friends and they know, they know what they're like kind of getting into. They know they can trust you and all of that. Now, who do you work with? Cause I think that'll help us understand 
this a little bit more. Okay, so it's really funny because when I first niched down, because I was I was told, well, don't just say you work with female entrepreneurs to start their podcast. So at first I started with, I said that I was working with like mental health coaches. And then I was like, you know what? I feel more aligned with mom and parenting coaches. So that's, you know, as a mom, I'm an ideal listener for that. And it's something that I want to listen to anyway. So that's kind of where I was promoting myself and marketing myself as was a podcast manager for mom and parenting coaches. Yet none of my clients are mom or parenting coaches. Uh, I have like a mindset coach. I have, I think I have a few photographer, like a photographers, photography coaches and photographers. And I have one that's, you know, kind of like to empower women. And so none of them are actually who I originally said that I, who I was marketing myself to. So I'm now marketing myself as somebody who works with female coaches. So funny. That's full circle. It just makes sense. It does. And (laughs) honestly, I think we need to hear that because... I, you know, even in PMP, I'm like, okay, let's talk about who you want to attract. Let's, you know, let's identify who this person is. But it's it's like the most important thing and the least important thing. Like you have to choose something, but then you will, yeah, you'll be surprised where it goes. And people identify themselves within your ideal client and you wouldn't expect it. Like the mindset coach, she could be like, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a mom coach when because she works with moms probably. Right. So it's like, she they, is a mom. So. Yeah, she is yeah. a mom. So it's like, they find them. They're like, yeah, that, that's me. Even though maybe we're like, no, that's not you. Like I, I had a, at one point, my ide- ideal client was a health and fitness coach and I had a pediatrician as a client and she was like, oh yeah, I'm a health coach. And I'm like, oh, not really, but you're like, sure. Okay. That's great. You see yourself because you want to see yourself within that, you know, that category. So I think that's so powerful for people to hear maybe right now that are stuck on, oh, is this too broad? Is this too narrow? It's like, just just choose something and start moving because clients will will come and then you can, you'll, you'll then adjust too, right? You just adjust to like, well, I want to work with, I know I want to work with females maybe. And then, oh, I really like this group. I really like that group. Yeah. And I, it was the same thing as with niching down to podcast management. I was worried that if I niched down to, oh, just mom and parenting coaches, people who weren't in that category would be like, oh, well, that's not me. When once again, the opposite happened. And I think from working with the people that I've worked with, I don't need to just work with mom parenting coaches. I love who I work with. And if a mom or parenting coach wants to come to me for their podcast, I am happy to do it. I would love to do that. But I'm also loving who I'm working with. And the one who's a mindset coach, I've learned so much from her from this podcast that I never expected to work on. Mm -hmm. And it's just been really cool because that's my favorite thing about this is just what I've learned from it, from my clients' shows and just being able to be able to learn it myself, but then be able to share that, help them share that with other people as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's take it back. How did you find your first client as a podcast manager? So that was back in, that was the end of, near the end of 2021. 
And so I know it took me a little bit longer to find my first client. And honestly, when I, the moment I actually niched to say that I was working with mental health coaches, that's when somebody reached out to me on Instagram and she wasn't even a mental health coach. So it was really interesting that the moment I said it wasn't just female entrepreneurs, Mm. that's when somebody reached out to me. And I can't remember exactly how she found me, but she reached out to me on Instagram and yeah, I ended up launching her podcast and we're still working together Wow, too. So, so yeah, that was how I got my first one. Yeah. So almost two years. Yeah. Now with that first client, this is one thing we talk a a lot about inside of PMP is has she grown with you? Have you guys taken, are you kind of still around your same package or has she taken, has your package changed over those years? So for her, it's been pretty much the same package just because she wanted everything, including guest management. Mm. So I've done all of that for her. So it wasn't just editing. It was everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I did, I have raised my prices with her, but for the most part, it's been pretty much the same mm-hmm. package, which is what she's been she's been wanting and what she's been happy with. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, okay. So yeah, you, you really, you, you first start, you landed her at the end of 2021. Now we're about at the end of 2023. So now it's been two years. How many clients are you working with now? I have eight clients. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, and we, we haven't talked about how much are you working hour wise a week? So I would say right now I'm probably working 20 to 25 hours. I recently just hired somebody to help me edit a couple of my shows because I recently just got a new client. And once I got her, I knew that I needed extra support. It just wasn't, I, I, I at that point, before I even got that client, I think I was reaching my breaking point. And I knew I needed to hire somebody. I think I was just scared (laughs) to hire. But once I got her, I knew that I was going to need the extra support in order for me to continue with getting clients. So, so yeah, about 20 to 25 hours a week. Okay. And eight clients, a new editor on your team. How has that been going? Oh my gosh, it's been amazing. Oh, good. (laughs) It's love to hear that. Saved me. It has saved me so much time that I just wouldn't have had, especially because she works on episodes that go out earlier in the week. So I don't have to worry about Thursdays and Fridays trying to get that done when I'm trying to get other things done for some clients. It it saved me so much time. Mm, Yes. Love that. And one thing about hiring that I get a lot is like, you know, people are hesitant to hire because they, they're maybe like they, they, they're at their monthly income goal and they want to hire, but they want to retain all their money. Right. So do you, so it sounds like you kind of like you were, like you said, you're at your breaking point and then you hired. So then you can, you can, you know, take on new clients, have her do some editing and it kind of just, it makes sense as you grow. Is that how you approached it? Versus I guess, saying, okay, I'm going to hire her and then I need to, and then I need to land two more clients. Yeah. I think for me, I, 
it, it's hard to hire because like you said, you want to retain that income. Mm-hmm. But honestly, and my husband is the budget person. So we broke it down and we were like, okay, if this is what you're paying somebody, this is what you're going to get per year. It really wasn't as much as I thought, like in the long, it, it, it didn't impact me in the way that I thought it would. It was still honestly more than I made teaching. And so that was like the big thing for me was I just wanted to act, replace my income. And then eventually now that I've done that, now I want to go on to the next step. Yeah. To grow even more. So once we did the budget and looked at that, I was like, okay, this is not as scary as I thought it would be. Yeah. That I, I that's how so many things are when you really look at it, whether it's a number or just what like you look at it on paper, you think like, okay, it's gonna be this and this and this and this, and you kind of catastrophize it in your head. But then once you write it down, you're like, oh, this is what it is. This is the yeah. this is the picture. These are the numbers. This is the, you know, the vision, whatever. And you're like, okay, can I handle that? Yes or no? Yeah. And the other thing too is that we talked about it and I said, and we both agreed if I don't do this and I don't hire somebody, I'm going to be stagnant and I'm not going to grow. And I needed to hire somebody in order for me to grow my business. So I know in the long run, it's going to benefit me because I'm saving time to be able to focus on other things. And honestly, like she's just been a huge, huge help. I'm so thankful that I found her because I think I would be incredibly overwhelmed if I didn't have her helping me right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey there, I wanted to interrupt this episode with a quick message for you. If you are listening to this show, then you are either wanting to become a podcast manager or currently a podcast manager. And I wanted to invite you to my free masterclass where I show you how to become a profitable podcast manager without working more than 20 hours per week. So in this masterclass, I break down what it would look like for you to be making three to 5K per month working as a podcast manager without working more than 20 hours a week. Not only do I break that down, but I also talk about the three myths that I used to believe that was keeping me away from being a profitable podcast manager and that you might be believing as well. That and I share all the details about my podcast manager program. So if you're interested in learning more, learning the three myths that might be keeping you away from becoming a profitable podcast manager, or you just want to see what does it take to be a profitable podcast manager, then grab a seat to my masterclass. I would love to see you there. Just head to laurenwrighton.com forward slash masterclass, and it'll show the next available time. Okay, awesome. That is it. Go sign up for the masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Let's get back to the episode. I found that, you know, hiring people, there are some hidden benefits that are not as tangible. There's the obvious benefit of, okay, she's taking hours off of your plate because she's editing for you, right? That's the whole point of hiring her. Have you found that like just having someone on your team that you can kind of collaborate with has been helpful? Or is there some an- another type of hidden benefit that you didn't expect? I think it's really, it's, it's been nice because I listened to these episodes and I, I know one of the things you told me was hire somebody who you feel would 
be better at editing than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yep. was one of the things that you said to me. And especially because I'm I'm still listening to the episodes. It's still a pretty new hire. Mm-hmm. And I'm, but I'm already at that point where I'm feeling like I can trust her to where I don't even have to listen because I feel like she's just so good. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's like, I'm I'm almost to that point where I feel like it'll save me even more time not having to listen to them. But I think, you know, for, for me, the biggest thing is the time. And she's also really good at, if, if she notices things in the episode, she'll, you know, let me know and see if what we should do with it. Like if we should take it out, if we should keep it in. And I feel like she's come up with some things and thought of some things within the episodes to take out or keep in that I wouldn't have thought about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think it's been it's been really beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, if you if you're the personality of like, oh, it's so hard for me to let go. I I think hiring someone that's better than you is very liberating. Yeah. Because, you know, you're you, you don't. Yeah, you'll check their work, you know, and you'll check it for for a period of time and then maybe check it, you know, occasionally. But whenever we hire, like even when clients hire us, it's so worth it to pay a little more. And maybe it's not a difference in price, but when you can when you can hire someone that you really can trust, that's the gold, right? The fact that you don't have to manage them as much is is very liberating. Yeah, it's been wonderful. I can't say enough good things about her and about having her on my team. And it's it's only been a few weeks so. yeah but that's great yeah. honestly some of the first weeks are hard it's amazing yeah it's like you know getting getting a new relationship like that going can be can be kind of tough so if, if the first weeks are going well then that's that's good news yeah now absolutely while we're on this topic what are your goals right now where are you headed so i've surpassed the income goal that i had. It's funny because I really just wanted to start this business to make a few, just a little bit more money to be able to be home, but still make some money. I didn't mm-hmm. realize when I started where I could take it. And I've honestly surprised myself. I've reached my second income goal and I want to grow. And so I think one of the ways to help me do that is to create a course. And that's kind of where I'm headed towards now. Love that. Yes, we've talked about some of those details. So I'm really excited for you. So do you feel like that's going to be kind of your your theme of 2024 is this course and and, and, and getting it out into the world? That's my goal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Is there anything that you feel like you've been able to do kind of in your personal life maybe now that you're a podcast manager that looking back, you wouldn't have been able to you wouldn't have been able to do if you would have gotten a nine to five, if you would have stayed as a teacher. Yeah. The biggest thing for me, and I know that I said this at the beginning of the episode, was wanting to just be able to be able to walk my daughter to and from school. My son will be in kindergarten next year. So you know, be able to do that with him. I wouldn't have been able to do that had I had a nine to five. I'm able to, you know, take her to school. She's able to come home when the bell rings. That was the biggest thing for me was walking to and from school. Yeah. <laughs> I know that seems kind of silly, but 
that that was really a big deal for me. And then our son is in pre-K and because of this, he can, he doesn't have to go full time. He does half days. So the fact that he's able to be home for the afternoons with me and just not having to worry about calling off for doctor's appointments and all of these things that I wouldn't have been able to do. Or, I mean, even just being able to like go to Target in the middle of the day when no one's there. Yeah. I mean, just, and these are like just simple things, but they were very big to me. Yeah. And those were the things that I wouldn't have been able to do had I stayed teaching or had I had nine to five. Because even with teaching, my kids still would have been in aftercare because, you know, the, the times are still very, very similar. So, mm-hmm. or or I would have maybe missed their first day of school. And, you know, so th- these are very little things, but big, big to me. Mm-hmm. And it's been wonderful being able to, to do all those things and, you know, be able to do those with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's sometimes it's, it's actually usually the mundane things that you want so much out of your life. And you're like, is this even possible? You know, early on, you're like, is it possible for me to do this? It feels like I have to have a nine to five. I have to do this. I have to follow my degree. And, but I want my life to look like a certain way. That's what I've envisioned. And so when you can make that happen and still bring in the money that you want to or need to, it's like, wow, I have control over my life. Yeah. And that's how I feel. I feel like I have just a lot more control over my life than I would have had I stayed in teaching or had I gotten a nine to five. It's been it's been incredible and it's not something that I expected to happen. And I'm just really, really proud of what I've built. It's it's yes. incredible. Yes. You should be you should be proud. I'm so glad that you feel that way. Thank you. Yeah, I love hearing how proud you feel because I it, this is such a journey. Now, because you know, you didn't have any background in podcast management and you were a you know, a new freelancer, as we all are for the most part you know, starting out, did you feel confident in your skills when you first started leading clients? No, I, I did not at all. When I was teaching, whether it was in my own classroom or when I was long-term subbing, I didn't get the validation to make me feel like I was doing a great job. I knew my kids were learning and growing, but there wasn't any validation there. And I think it really impacted my self-confidence with just myself in general and thinking, well, if I'm not getting the validation in teaching, am I good at it? And if this is all I know, am I going to be good at anything else? So when I went into podcast management, I no, did not, I, I did not feel confident at all. But I will say that the podcast manager program really helped with my skills. I I mean, I will <laughs> make that plug. It was an incredible program to help me build that confidence. When I got my first client, I will say there was a lot of self-doubt. It was my first client. It was my first launch. It was my first everything. And I know that there were some hiccups there. And the more I've done it, the better I've gotten. And I've gotten validation from clients that I I never got with teaching. I mean, to hear 
clients tell me that they're like obsessed with me and they couldn't do this without me. It, it, it's so humbling because I never would have thought somebody would feel that way about the work that I've done. And it's, it's really been, it's been incredible because I've just never really felt that way. <laughs> and it's been really good to to hear that because like my love language is words of affirmation. So I need that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us need that in our work, right? Yeah. In whatever we do, it's like you need to hear that what you're doing matters. You need to hear that, you know, your work is appreciated and that you're doing a great job. Like, because if not, we're looking for that. We're like, okay, what do I need to do to get that? Yeah. And I've definitely gotten that from my clients and it's, I appreciate it more than they know. I, I think, you know, to, to them, they're probably just, you know, sharing how they feel, but they don't, they, they don't realize how much those words really mean to me and impact me. And I'm very thankful for that. And just the fact that I can do this for them and share their messages and, you know, help them spread their knowledge, their message, their voice, their story with other people. It's just been wonderful all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can look back on your journey and really be like, wow, I I really made this happen. I like I did this. So there's I can see how like the the pride comes just organically from that. And if you're listening and you're like, man, I would love to hear that from a, a, my client now or from clients in the future. I think one thing is that's easy to do is you get that validation and then you forget about it. You you know, you you just like or you just think like, oh, of course they're happy because blah, blah, blah. But I would encourage people listening, like whenever you hear anything positive from clients, screenshot it and put it in a folder. Because like I said, we're so good at downplaying compliments and downplaying a client being happy. And we will even write it off as, oh, well, she had a huge audience. So that's why her podcast was such a success. Like it had nothing to do with me. And really, yes, <laughs> it does have something to do with you. So, you know, keeping a folder putting it on your desktop, whatever it takes so that you can remind yourself like these are the facts that, you know, I'm doing a good job and that what I'm doing matters. Um, because also as freelancers, we don't, you know, we don't work in an office where we're talking to people all the time and you and you can, you know, you you do need that, I think, a little bit more. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, along with putting it in a folder or, you know, screenshot and putting it somewhere in your phone, I put a lot of those things in a story highlight for client wins. And so not only am I able to see it <laughs> and remind myself of that constantly, but then there's also the social proof that totally that they're appreciative and you know, they're seeing results and you know, they're they're just very grateful for the fact that they have this podcast going out. And I know that most of them wouldn't be able to do this because most of them don't have the time. <laughs> And I'm really glad that I can take that off of their plate and just make it as like stress-free as possible for them. And, but having that somewhere, cause I've done that too, putting it in a folder and also putting it in my highlights and on my Instagram has been something that I'll go back in sometimes and just remind myself, okay, yes, this is why I'm doing this. They do appreciate the work I'm doing. And there is a difference being made. Totally. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I love just like, what this has done for you. I think that's, it's just, yeah, goosebumps. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. These are people's favorite episodes. So I appreciate you coming on. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me. It's It's been an absolute pleasure being here. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Come connect with me over on Instagram at Lauren Wrighton or in the Podcast Manager Mastermind Facebook group. And let me know what you liked about this episode. I love, love, love hearing your guys' feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at laurenwrighton.com. Special thanks to my amazing podcast manager, Marcy Page, on producing this episode. All right, that's it. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on.